everybody. Welcome to this very special edition of the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast here on the Everything Unscripted Podcast Network. I am the host tonight, Doug Hummer. Of course, uh, Daniel not joining us tonight. He's uh, taking care of some family business. Uh, is Clinton joining us? He said he'll try to join on his break. All right. Well, maybe get we'll get into word. Who knows? Uh, but right now, of course, I am the host, Doug Hummer. And, of course, joining me as always, my plus one to everything, Eric. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's good. I'm good. It's been a long, good. Nice summer. Not so much a long week, but it's, it's been a week. Yeah, I, I feel you on that, Eric. It's been it's been quite the week around here too. Yeah. I mean we got a lot of stuff going on. We got a lot of stuff coming up, uh you know, with toy shows that are gonna be coming up, but I'll get into that later on when I do the plugs. Yep. Uh but yeah, no, it's been yeah, it's definitely been a long week, uh you know, for a lot of people, which is one of the reasons why we're here yeah. tonight. Uh, of course, exactly. we are here to pay tribute to Wyndham Rotunda, otherwise known as Bray Wyatt, unfortunately passing away uh, last Thursday, August 24th at the age of 36 due, due to a heart attack. Uh, and, you know, I mean, death really hit everybody hard last week. I mean, Terry Funk, Bray Wyatt, Bob Barker, legendary host of The Price is Right, died on Saturday. Yep. Uh, and then they did a tribute show for him that last night. Yeah. Uh, I watched that, and I actually teared up a little bit towards the end of that show. Oh. Oh. It, it was a good tribute. Yeah, and I, Drew Carey did. Drew Carey did an awesome job paying tribute to the guy, and uh, yes, he did. Also, uh, also leaving us this past week was uh, I forget her. I think it's Eileen Kaiser or Kozer or something like that. But she was the voice of Harley Quinn in Batman the Animated Series. Oh wow! That's a piece yeah, of she her. was fifty-five. Wow. So young. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of people left this earth this past week. But uh, Bray Wyatt, and it's just, it's not going to be top 10 moments and matches. We're basically just going to talk about, you know, Bray Wyatt moments. We'll kind of bring up some of our favorite ones. Uh, Not really going to talk about, like, you know, you know, the, the bad creative that he had to go through. Yep. We're just going to focus more yep. on the good. Cause you know, yeah, we could do a show on how they mishandled a lot of his creative, but that's another story that's for another time. Exactly. So. It is, it is to pay tribute to the guy, the yeah. legend. Yeah. And, we are My gonna do we are gonna do one for Terry Funk probably in a couple weeks. Obviously, there will be no show next. Uh, 
Friday night because Eric and I will be preparing for uh, we'll be preparing for a toy show uh, next Saturday in the Lehigh Valley. Well, as far as we know, Eric's coming along. If we can't fit him in the car, then he's got to yeah. If he wants to go, he's going to have to walk. But I'll fit in the trunk. I I mean we you are small enough. We can more than likely fit you in the car. Yeah. Like you are like how much do you weigh? 135. You weigh that much? I I, I never pegged you for anything over 100. Wow. I always thought yeah, you were I do weigh I, I just thought you were that tiny. Oh. Oh. But, yeah, so anyway, but we'll we'll worry about that next week. But, so Bray Wyatt, and what's funny about Bray Wyatt is how he started, you know, back in 2010 as Husky Harris on the old, uh, when NXT was one of those, like, kind of proving ground shows. Yeah. Where guys tried to win a contract. Uh, and he wasn't an original NXT, in the original Nexus, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was in the original Nexus uh, when uh, – what the fuck happened? Uh, Skip Sheffield broke his ankle. They took Darren Young out of the group, and then Michael Tarver ended up getting taken off TV. They added him and Michael McGillicuddy, who would become Curtis Axel. Okay. Uh, and, you know, Bray comes from a legendary wrestling family. Obviously, his father, Mike yep. Rotunda, the legendary IRS, Erwin R. Scheister. Uh, also, you know, his grandfather was a legendary Blackjack Mulligan. His, uncle, his uncles were Barry and Kendall Wyndham. Obviously, he's the brother of Bo Dallas. So, he comes from a wrestling family. Yes, he does. And when he came in as Husky Harris... Huh? I say a long history of a wrestling family. Yeah. I mean, and they were all pretty sick. I mean, Kendall Wyndham was a long-time WCW jobber, but still. Uh... Yeah. Although him and Barry did hold the WCW tag titles at one point. Oh wow! That's pretty. No, cool. that was back in that and was Barry back in the... Oh wow! That's when WCW was starting to die. Yeah. Uh but with Bray when he came in as Husky Harris, do you remember who his pro was? In the original, in the original uh, NXT, his NXT, uh, he was the NXT rookie. Do you remember who his WWE Pro was? No, I know it wasn't the Miz because he was Brian. Would they? Well, this was the second was... season of NXT, so Miz was back. Miz, this is when Miz was with Alex Riley. Okay, I'm trying to think who else was on this. Who else was the coach? Okay. AKA coach, I guess you want to call it. 
Right. I only can think uh, of the case. Well, was John Cena a coach? No, he was not. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. So would you like me to give you a hint? You're a fan of the guy. Huh. Now, are you not a fan of the guy? No, I happen to like this guy. He was the only oh. v. He was the only EVP of a company that I thought actually gave a damn about the company he was the EVP of. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people. That's one of the reasons. I mean, the other reason being is that Cody was obviously also. Uh, paying tribute to uh, Terry Funk last week, but that was one of the reasons why Cody went to the tribute show last week. Exactly. He was the co- he was his co- his mentor, I guess you want to call yeah. it. So, but, you know, he was Husky Harris for a while, then they wrote him off TV in, like, February of 2000, or 2011, he goes back down to uh, to FCW, which kind of merged and became NXT. Started the Wyatt family with uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. And yep. I remember when those vignettes first aired of the Wyatt family, and I just remember kind of being creeped out and like, all right, I wonder what they're going to do. Cause, and I knew who That's- Luke Harper was. Because I, I knew who Brody Lee was. Yeah. All right. And plus, you know, Brody kind of grew up around, you know, my neck of the woods, so. Rest in peace to him, too. Yeah. So, like, I knew who he I had no I had no fucking clue who Eric Rowan was. Yeah, me neither. Okay. And he's the last of the Wyatt family left. Of the original. Of the original, yeah. But, uh, like, it, but when they first came out, like, when they first debuted and they kind of targeted Kane, and then, uh, you know, Bray kind of went on this streak where he was, uh, you know, he was, you know, undefeated and all that for, for a while. He had the match again, or he beat Kane at SummerSlam. He ended up wrestling and beating Kofi Kingston at Battleground 2013, which was in Buffalo, and I was there. Oh, nice. You know what's funny? And the, that, that Battleground is known as a shit show, except for the match where it was the Rhodes family versus... uh. The Rhodes family versus um, uh, the Shield, uh, Rollins and Reigns. Yeah, obviously. Like the rest of the cards sucked. Okay. And that was the main event, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was. Uh, I think there was like the the fifth or sixth match of eight. Okay. I thought for some reason that was the main event. It should have been the main event because then they would have ended on a high note. 
Uh, you said Battleground 2013? Yeah. From Buffalo. It was actually the very last night that I actually lived in the in in Western New York. Oh wow, you moved in that day. Yeah, I came out the next day. I stayed up until that particular day so I could take Daniel and Mindy to that show. Oh wow. Cause earlier in the year they were supposed to go to a Raw here in Philadelphia. But the guy that was going to take them decided to go to a strip club instead or whatever the oh, the reason no. was. But he fucked them over on – he fucked them out of money and, you know, they weren't able to go. So uh-huh. uh, that, unfortunately that person is still alive. Uh, but oh. – well, he's he's still alive because I never found him. But uh, okay. So, but anyway, so he, or so I made a promise to Daniel and Mindy that if you know when next time WWE comes into town, into you know Western New York into Buffalo, I'll take him. And I was planning on moving out here anyway. And uh, so, like, I kind of postponed a little bit me moving out so we could go to the show. And that was, yeah, that was my last night. It was uh, Kenny West went with us. Uh, My buddy Mark, who's done the show a couple times, went with us. His, Mark's brother went with us. Uh... You know, it was this whole, you know, it was this kind of big thing. It was just like, okay, cool. This is, uh, you know, my last night in town, and we get to, you know, go to a WWE show. That is awesome. Yeah. And what was funny is that Bray Wyatt had only been on the roster like a, a couple months at that point, but there was a shit ton of people dressed like him in the crowd. It was that popular already. Because it's NFC. Yeah, like, and NXT wasn't even, I don't even know where NXT was on TV at the time. I think it was just a dot com. Yeah, there was no, and there was no network, network yet. Yeah, I mean, the network had been planned for a while. Because I think they started planning for the network in like 2011, didn't they? 2011, 2012. They must have shown highlights on YouTube or something. It must have been a YouTube Either YouTube or it might have been a dot-com show. Yeah. Because sometimes they did have some of their... They did have some of their shows on WWE.com. Yeah. Like when they had superstars, the superstars that they brought back in 2009... Uh, their contract with WGN America ended in 2011, so they just decided they were just going to show the episodes on uh, on, on on WWE.com for now, which is actually what they did with NXT too, when it was still like when you still had the pro, the rookies and the pros. So 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was still just a dot com show. Yeah, it probably was. So, uh, but I didn't really visit WWE.com that much. So I I never really watched. It. I didn't start watching NXT until it got to the network. Yeah. Same. Uh, it didn't start being more popular until like the first or second year, and it um, was on the network. Right, yeah, because like, when that's, when doing... more, that's when more people got to watch it. Like, it was kind of gaining steam. Like, people were just like, oh, my God, you know, these NXT guys were – like, when you saw that certain guys were being brought in, you know, like Sami Zayn and, uh, you know, when Seth Rollins came in, uh, Chris Hero, when he went in, you know, uh, Cesaro, you know, Claudio Cascinoli. Uh, and, and like the, the Wyatt, yeah, the Wyatt family, the Shield, all you know, all those guys, you know, that's when NXT started to gain like a little bit of traction, and more people were seeing it like on on dot com, and that's one of the reasons why like WWE wanted to start a network so they could have like an exclusive wrestling program for NXT. Yeah, uh, and once they started doing the pay per views. Yeah. Yeah. More. yeah, and then like you know the the pay per views, and then like they would have main event. You know when main event was live on Tuesday nights for a while. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that. Which it ended up, which which I actually thought was kind of fun. Instead of like it being on Wednesday nights, you know, after like a take delay, like you get to see it on. Uh, you know, live Tuesday night at eight o'clock, and then you know, then they tape SmackDown like right at, right after. Yeah, that's when they. That used to be a fun Tuesday night for me because then, like, you got to see a lot of those, uh, like, a lot of big names would work that show. But then Sky Sports threw a fucking fit and uh, said, "No, you know, we want the exclusive." Ra- like main event airs on Sky Sports, fuck the network. Like so, like they couldn't start getting uh, main event on the network until like it had to air on a tape delay, like two weeks after. Oh wow! Because the fucking Brits. At that point, nobody really cared. Yeah, exactly. Like it <laughs> fell out of favor for a lot of people. Yeah, and it's going on. Yeah, and I think I still think superstars was still a thing too. I probably was. Yeah, because they would tape that on on Mondays before Raw, and then they would tape main event on two. They would have main event Tuesdays before SmackDown. Both yeah. of them, I think, ended right before, like, well, main event, I think, is actually still going on, but I think Superstars actually ended, like, right before the pandemic. Probably did. Did too many shows in a week. Yeah. So, I forgot, like, when it actually ended, but it was, 
But it was on for a while, and to be honest with you, I kind of forgot about it because it was just like, it was just another fucking wrestling show that actually didn't even air at night. It it had like a 3 p.m. time slot on a Thursday afternoon. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, and but then like nobody really cares. Huh? It was also taped, though. Yeah. And also, nobody really cared, because when you have, like, a main event, like, three or four weeks in a row of Alicia Fox versus Emma, nobody gives a shit. Exactly. So, but but back to Bray, what did you first think of the character, like, when it, when it first, you know, made it, when he first made his debut with the family? I thought it was interesting. I, um, I wasn't a big fan at first. But as as he grew, he grew on me. Uh, I thought the character was interesting. It was a good heel heel character. It was different. Is it, it? We haven't seen that kind of thing that since like probably Undertaker and Kane. Is that strange? Yeah. Unless I mean, you I think of any somebody else. I can kind of see that vibe. Um, yeah, so, wasn't a fan at first, but he grew on me, so, it be, it became, watch it, it became, um, he became interesting, and, and I was interested in watching his, uh, storyline as he, as it, um, kept going, different, uh, feuds with Tina and the Shield, no, he had a feud with Shield. Yeah. No. Yeah. The Shield, Brian Danielson, okay. I mean, yeah. All his feuds were good. Yeah, for for like the first few, for the first few months, and then you know, because he was the family was able to get over on those feuds. Like the whole thing with him and uh, Brian Danielson, or Daniel Bryan at the time. Yep. Uh. Like, he, like, I mean, he was, like, even though they were still building Daniel Bryan, you know, he was still able to get over. Exactly. You know, Bray did. And it elevated both guys. It made yeah. that 2014, beginning of, was it 2014? Yeah, 2014. That was the big story of the year. That's probably one of the biggest stories of the year, 2014. Right. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, that that was one of those, you know, situations where, you know, yes, they're building up Daniel Bryan, but you, you know, you can't forget that, uh, you know, that Bray was really getting built up, too. Exactly. I mean, unfortunately, you know, he kind of fell to to Cena. But, uh... Yeah. But, yeah, like, the, um... 
whatchamacallit, uh, like, w- with Bray, though, you know, before he got to the feud with Cena, which, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Cena didn't want to put him over and all that, and he, here's, he, here's the thing, and again, there's going to be no negativity about this. I could kind of see where Cena's coming from, because see, it's WrestleMania, and ultimately, at WrestleMania, like, a lot of the times, the babyface should go over, because you should have, like, that feel-good moment, like, your WrestleMania moment. Right. But, I mean, I can understand, like, especially if the feud was going to continue. Yeah. So, I get both sides. But, you know, Cena at, the end of the, Cena, at the end of the day, is all about the big superhero baby face getting over. Exactly. That's the one thing about Cena I, I like, that he, he's not, he, he doesn't mind putting guys over. Yeah, and it's, it's just like, I mean, yes, it has to be the right situation, and maybe he felt like it wasn't the right situation with Bray, but, you know, Bray was still able to, to recover from that because Bray still remained over. I mean, even back when he be, when he became the Fiend and he had the Universal title and he had to do the, the job to Goldberg in Saudi Arabia, the, Bray was still over. Exactly. Now, should he have done the job to Goldberg? No. But I could see Goldberg's point of view to where he felt like he was a superhero to the kids and the superhero had to conquer the supervillain. Was it a good idea? No. I think I was when... What were you going to say? I said I think I was... I think I was actually vocal about that, but we're not going to get into that. Well, yeah, and and I can understand why, because it was not a good idea. But, you know, the Fiend survived. Yep. That's really all that matters. And, you know, he had, you know, Bray, you know, was such an interesting character and the whole Fiend thing, and this is kind of what I want to spend a little bit of time on, the Fiend. I really did, the whole Firefly Funhouse thing, like everybody was creaming all over that, right? Like they loved the idea of the Firefly yeah. Funhouse and how it was like a Pee Wee Herman type, you know, Pee Wee's Playhouse type ripoff, uh, you know, type ripoff. And, yeah. you know, it was interesting. It was unique. And then you had this fiend character. I at first I was not necessarily a fan of all that. Like I kind of liked the fiend because I liked how creepy that kind of was. Yeah. Of uh, the Firefly Funhouse, though, like you watch some of those segments, and some of that stuff is really, really good, but some of that stuff is also like really, really stupid. I agree with that. Uh, and like, like the thing is, is that, uh, like with Bray though, cause Bray, I think Bray was actually in charge of a lot of his own cr- creative, correct? Yeah. 
to a point. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he was uh, basically, um, yeah, he he was allowed his own creative, which you know is, I think, was a good idea. But also, too, you know, that people had to be like, okay, this is actually, of uh, you know. You know, there was still, I'm sure, people that are just like, oh, you know, Bray, maybe you should, maybe you should do this instead, or you know, whatever the fuck. Yeah. But I'm uh, pretty sure it was But what did you at first think of the uh, the fiend character? I was like you. I wasn't. I wasn't into it like everybody else. I wasn't like. Oh, oh, I mean, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't into it, um, 100%. I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. I think I was at the point where they already, they needed to prove, again, he can, uh, they can't, because after the whole, um, kind of failed, not failed, but after what happened with the original, I mean, the Bray character and Wyatt family, it kind of wore off on me. And then the scene, eh, and then let's see what happens. That's where I was. I was like, let's see what ha- let's see what they can do with this. Right. My expectations were low of what happened with the Bray character. Right, and and that's the that's the thing too is that like, you know, this was kind of a a new, a, you know, fresh coat of paint for Bray, and it's just like you know, because the Bray Wyatt character was kind of you know dwindling. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And so, like, giving him this new fresh coat of paint and this new character, and you realizing that like you really couldn't do much to hurt the guy. Like, you had to keep him indestructible. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons, and again, we don't have to get too much into it because this is a, you know, tribute for him. But, uh, like, the whole, the Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins. Yeah. You know my thoughts on that, but I'm not going to share it today. Yeah. Like, I mean, if they weren't going to put the title on Bray at the time, which they did like a month later, but if they weren't going to put the title on Bray at the time, don't have the match. That's that's all I'm going to say. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get into that more on a later episode. Yeah. When down the line. Right. But but I, have then, more, I have more to say about that. I don't want to. Yeah. It's just like it's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, you really, 
like you know you take a look you take a look at this stuff and it's just like okay uh you know it's a cool character and all that and he's going for a title but it's kind of like the Ryback situation where you knew he wasn't going to win because he wasn't ready. But it's just like, okay, yeah. then why the hell are you doing it? But again, you know, we don't have to get too far into it. But, you know, they kind of rebounded by giving him the title at the whatever, what was it, like Crown Jewel or some shit? Yeah, I think so. Probably radios. So, what we yeah. Later. So. They give him the title then, and then, uh, you know, he has, like, a few-month run with it. Feuds with Daniel Bryan, feuded with The Miz. Uh, obviously, we said we, he dropped it to Goldberg. But then, yeah, he starts feuding with Braun Strowman, and they kind of did this whole thing where, like, anybody that has, like, ever encountered The Fiend really, you know, changes. Like, their personalities yeah. just change. Hey, and then, hey, like, Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Alexa Bliss, you know, Alexa Bliss was one thing. Now, again, I didn't agree with him, like, putting the mandible claw on her and all that. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it was definitely, it was a good character change for her. Yes, it was. I mean, it was different, especially yeah. for uh, a woman wrestler. I don't think we've seen that in a while. Right. If ever. Uh, I don't remember seeing that kind of character from a woman. Unless you can think of somebody. Easy, you sexist pig. No. I'm try- I'm asking if you if there's, a, if there's somebody that would play that kind of character in the past. I, I'm not thinking of. Uh, not like the demonic, like, I mean, there are characters, you know, kind of like that, that, like, you know, the, there are de- demonic female characters. Obviously, you know, you could say Rosemary in, uh, in TNA, you know, she was kind of demonic. Okay, yeah. Uh, so there are, like, kind of demonic characters, but, like, you know, the Alexa Bliss kind of taking it, you know, kind of being like a female Pee Wee Herman. Or the the Dottie to took Braze, it the, next level. the Dottie to to Braze Pee Wee. Yeah. Uh he took it to another level. Yeah. And it's just it, you know, it's another one of those, you know, certain situations where you know, you know that uh, or like you, you know, you can kind of tell that like, you know, people are getting elevated. Like Alexa really hadn't been doing much. You know, she was in a women's tag team with Nikki Cross that had kind of run its course. So they decided to do something else with her. Uh, you know, Braun Strowman, they were, you know, kind of doing this feud. They were, you know, Braun was kind of getting a little too nice. So they kind of turned him back into a monster, you know, into a no nonsense monster. Uh, yep. And like you know, their characters were kind of elevated, you know, because of Bray. Exactly. Like the stuff that Bray and Alexa did together, I thought was like again, I don't like how it really started, but I liked how it it progressed. It you know it elevated, and I was interested to see like if that kept going, 
you know, like when Bray came back, like if they were going to start that up again, uh, but then, you know, they, they wrote Alexa off TV for, you know, for a little bit. I think, well, they wrote her off TV, I think, because they were going to give her the character change. But then Bray ended up getting written off TV because he had to deal with his health issues. And then they realized they couldn't bring Alexa back because, you know, she got pregnant. That's right, yeah. Because her husband doesn't know how to wear a condom. Uh, Is she she back yet? No, she's not due. She's not due till December. Oh wow! I think either her or Carmella is not due till December. Oh wow! Yeah, I forgot there was a bunch of uh, women wrestlers that had um, babies. I mean, I think who start. Um, Becky, Becky kind of started the trend. Yeah. <laughs> and that turned Jim Cornette into even more of a sexist pig than he already is. Becky <laughs> uh, had a lot to say about that. Oh, he, he did, but we're not going to get into that because, you know, I don't want to get sued by him or any that other women's organizations. But, like... Yep. But like so, it would have been interesting to see like how the Bray character would have kept evolving. You know, they were going to do the uh, the match with him and Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania, but they had to write you know Bray off. Uh, because you know, obviously, because of the health issues. Yeah. And you know. So we weren't able to really get, weren't really able to get that. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, and like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were surprised when he got released in, what was it? I think like September, October of 2021. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people were furious. Oh, they were furious. Well, and here's the thing. And again, no no negativity, but WWE's defense was this. Vince McMahon wanted money cut. You know, budget cuts, right? He told Nick Khan, anybody that's, you know, wherever you see big money that you think we can get rid of, cut it. Cut the budget, cut the budget however you want. He saw Bray Wyatt was getting a certain amount of money Bray Wyatt had not been on TV, so Nick Khan's just like, okay, this is what we're going to cut. And seeing that was a, that was one of the big, big, um, big lists that 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 week that um day that Bray came out. There was more big names on that list. I think. No, I think Bray was just cut. I, cut, I think Bray was just cut by himself. They did like another like round of budget oh. cuts like later on, but okay. I thought he was on that list. That was that big. No, I think that. I think that was okay. just one by itself. 
And again, you know, I don't agree with them cutting. Well, first of all, everybody that got fired at that period in time, I feel like there was uh, there was more you could do with these people. And they were doing more with these people. The problem is, is that Vince McMahon wanted money cut. Nick Khan said, okay, some contracts have to get cut. Obviously, Nick Khan was not watching the television at the time, or else he would have realized that half of these people were in the middle of doing stuff on television. Whether it's NXT or main event, main main, uh, roster. Yeah. So, like, the fact that that idiot, you know, you know, made these cuts and they were in the middle of trying to figure out a way to get Bray back on TV. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. And and like, it's understandable that they're, that they were trying to, you know, you know, relieve the budget a little bit. I get that. Yeah. Pandemic and all that. Like pay attention to what the fuck you're doing. Yep. Do more research. Uh, but yeah, like, so, you know, they're trying to, uh, but yeah, like, the whole thing, and again, like, with Bray, as, as good as the Fiend character was, obviously, you know, he took a little bit of time off, you know, because uh, Luke Harper's death really affected him. And, like, when he came back at WrestleMania, you know, there's all this controversy and rumors and stuff. We're not going to get into that. Uh, you know, when he lost to Randy Orton and then went off TV for a while and then, you know, got released. When he came back at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view last October in Philadelphia, like, the pop was huge, but, like, the thing is is that they really didn't have him do much when he came back. Like, yeah, he feuded with L.A. Knight, but... Yeah, I didn't really get into that feud. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the best was probably yet to come. Yeah, his uh, second... His best yet to come in his second. But, uh, um, but yeah, so like with Bray and, you know, going back, you know, kind of backtracking a little bit, one of my favorite, uh, feuds that involved Bray was actually the Shield and, and the Wyatt family. Like those men, those six mans were actually really good. Yes, it was. Because those, those two teams were over in the crowd, so yeah, made for a good feud. And it's a feud that everybody wanted to see for a long time. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, it's, you know, those six mans were, were really good. And then, obviously, you know, we talked about a lot of what Bray did. Uh, after, you know, feuded with Chris Jericho for a little bit, you know, feuded with The Undertaker and Kane. What What's your actual, like, favorite Bray Wyatt uh, or Wyatt family uh, rivalry? Bobby Daniel Bryan. 
because it it uh obviously because I'm a Daniel Bryan fan. That was probably my favorite storyline of Daniel Bryan too. Because even that that moment in Seattle went was it Seattle when he was at home the steel cage match when he when he flipped when he turned his back on Bryan. Yeah. I think so. That, that was Seattle. I believe. But so, anyway, yeah. that that moment was fantastic. The crowd was into it. You saw it coming. It just, it just, this leading up to it, it was great. The whole story was, I say, almost perfect. So that was mine. But I'm kind of biased. So right. But another one, I'm biased. Probably would be the Shield. Right. Uh, and then the second half, the second one was John Cena. Yeah. Like, I like the feud with the Shield. Uh, I did kind of like his, uh, the feud that he kind of had with, even though it was kind of stupid when they did that stupid House of Horrors match or whatever, I felt like the feud with him and Randy over the WWE title would have been, been something special. It was to the point to where it was just like, okay, they were more focused on other stuff. And I did kind of enjoy the stuff he did with Finn Balor. Yeah. And we definitely get Undertaker one. Yeah. I think that was okay. uh, Undertaker, it could have been a little better, but from the Undertaker's point of view, at his age, they they can only do so much with Undertaker. Right, exactly. But what they did, it was it was pretty good, especially yeah. in the match, especially that yeah. moment where they both got up at the same time. I remember that correctly. Yeah. And another few to his that I kind of like, like I kind of like the stuff him and Roman did. You know, the the single matches. Yeah. When Roman was uh, born the tribal Kiki. Yeah, when uh like back yeah, in twenty fifteen, like when they had to do uh when they did the single matches and like they were trying to keep Roman away from the from the title like as as long as possible, trying to give you know, trying to, you know, ease him into it so the fans would quit hating him. They were trying to milk it. Yeah. I remember that. But so like they had Bray work with him for a little bit and then like you know, they kind of reunited the Wyatt family and they brought Braun in and you know, it was uh I mean it was an interesting feud because both guys had like and I always thought that Bray was a decent worker and believe it or not, I actually think Roman's a decent worker too. Yeah. I, I can agree that, especially this Randy, especially this uh, Roman now. Yeah. So, like, uh, but yeah, so like, we're, you know, in this, you know, you know, we were at that point in time where it's just like, you know, they're kind of both getting each other ready for something. Like, you know, because they want Rome, they wanted Roman to be the guy. And, yeah. you know, Bray was like, because Roman could work. 
like he was showing he could work. And I actually, I actually thought him and him and uh, Bray had really good match or Roman and Bray had really good matches. Yeah, they had become. Yeah, that's one of those uh, guys that Bray and Roman had chemistry with each other. And uh, trying to think if there's anything I, you know, I'm kind of, I know I'm kind of glossing over a lot of stuff, but there's like a lot of, you know, there was a lot of feuds. There was a few feuds that he had where it's just like, okay, you know, there is good in them, but it's not like, you know, cause we only really want to talk about the good. Yeah. And we can do a part, no part two, um, with, um, with kind of saying, uh, yeah, I know, when I get their point of view, their uh, take. Right. Point. But like the thing about Bray is again, like he, he was such a captivating character because of like it, it was unique and the whole thing, especially like when the Fiend came around. Like if the Fiend, like if he did not have the personal problems that he was having. Who knows how much further the fiend could have gotten? Because they were really backing that character up. Yeah, and it was starting to get more popular than the actual white father. Yeah. So, like, when they kind of, when they brought him, you know, when they brought him in, or as the the fiend, and, you know, he did the thing where he beat Finn Balor within four minutes, and then uh, you know, he was attacking legends left and right. Uh, he did the thing where he challenged the winner of the one title match. He said, I'll fight you guys in Hell in a Cell. And it's, which I'm still 100% behind the fact that I'm sure Vince McMahon was not happy with him when he said that. Because, again, and, you know, you don't want to get you know, too into it because it is kind of the negative. The character yeah. was not ready for that yet because the character had only been around for a couple months at that point. Exactly. You have to ease it in. You know, you don't want to make the you don't want to make the Ryback mistake. Yep. But even like the match that he had with Seth, that Falls Count Anywhere match in Saudi Arabia, that was even still good. Like even though like again it was, you know, Seth was you know it wasn't necessarily you know Bray didn't necessarily need the title. You know it was still like a good match for him. And then like you have this guy to where it's like okay, who the hell is going to take the title off him because he's so dominant. Yeah. And he, he held it for, good, what, three months, three, four months? Uh, I think it was about three months, yeah. Or three or four. Yeah. I mean, if Goldberg hadn't come back, then it might have been longer, but who knows? I think pretty much what was going to happen, because they knew they wanted Roman to be the champion at WrestleMania. So they're trying to figure out, okay, is Roman going to be the one to slay the Fiend at WrestleMania? 
and, and that's what they were kind of gearing towards. But then when Goldberg came back, he said, I'm not losing to this guy. So they're like, all right, well, we'll do Roman and Goldberg at WrestleMania. But Roman ended up not doing WrestleMania anyway because of COVID. And because he's got a compromised immune system. So I'll say that I think it should have been Brian Roman, but obviously it won't play. Yeah. I mean, Roman well, wasn't it, it wouldn't have It wouldn't have happened anyway because yeah. of, uh, you know, Roman COVID. having to take the time off or taking the time off. Because remember, back in 20... Back in 2020, Eric, when uh, a lot of this was going on, or like when COVID happened and all that, like there were people that were taking that, because like a lot of businesses were offering people time off from going to work. Like if you want to stay home and quarantine for, I mean, what was the quarantine period? Like you could quarantine for, how long without getting in trouble? Two, I think it was two weeks or a couple weeks. Was it only two weeks? Because you were gone an awful long time. Yeah, I was I was gone for at least into the summer. Yeah, well, no, yeah, you were gone. I think you were gone about four months. Yeah. But, like, so I think, like, a lot of people were taking a quarantine time of about, like, six to eight weeks. But I think, like, once yeah. those eight weeks kind of broke up, I mean, you, of course, were an exception. But when those eight weeks came up, you know, a lot of job places were calling the guy, were calling people and being like, okay, like, if you still want to have a job, you technically do have to come back. Yeah. I mean, people weren't getting paid I, I for people weren't getting paid for taking the time, but you know, sometimes yeah. health is more important, and plus, that's also when you know stimulus checks became a thing. Yeah, they, they started giving the people that weren't uh, paycheck. I think even even the people that weren't working paycheck. Basically, anybody that was. Basically, anybody that made like a certain dollar amount underneath like a certain dollar amount, I think we're getting yeah. like I got it. Like, well, everybody here in the house got got the one or two or it might have even been three that were yeah that were allotted. Uh, but yeah, like I think a lot of people were getting them just because of the fact that like. You know, business was slow in a lot of places. Yeah. And I think they even started still giving it out when after you even left. I think like, there was one or two more, I think. I think there was at least one more. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, it, and this was kind of the time, too, again... You know, you say they should have done Roman and Bray, but, you know, Roman took the time off. Cause yeah, and I don't blame you. Huh? Yeah, I, I, don't, I totally get, understand that. So. Yeah. I mean, well, because, again, of a compromised immune system. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah, we didn't get... I mean, first of all, that whole WrestleMania, which I'm kind of grateful that, like, they came up with that concept uh, of, you know, the the two-night WrestleMania. Yeah. I kind of do miss the one night, but it is what it is. Well, here's the thing. If it's one night, you know, it's going to be like a six, seven-hour show. Yeah, it's going to be AKA AEW. Yeah. So I, I like the two nights better because you could do four hours one night, four hours the next, and it would still it would still be good. Yeah, and you don't have to rush um you don't have to rush uh matches. Yeah. I and guess you could say that's kind of what AEW is doing with all kind of all out and all in back to back week. Right. And well and that's like uh, another thing about that too is that like you know, they're putting, because they knew they weren't going to have room for every, even though they were trying to fit, like, a lot of people on on the card, right? Because they always yeah. try to do that. But it's just like, okay, whoever doesn't make this card can be on the card next week. Exactly. But, uh... Let's get it. Let's get into this real quick, you know, before we sign off because we have gone about an hour. Uh, yep. talk, let's talk a I little. Know you bit. have something to do. So. I mean, technically, I don't have to do it for another hour, but you know, these shows really don't need to go that long. Especially the two of us. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want to talk a little bit. You know, because I really don't think that this was negative. Uh, I mean, uh, one of their matches sucked, but the other one was pretty good. What about his feud with Chris Jericho? Well, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. At the Battleground pay-per-view back in 2014, I thought was really good. Uh, yeah. I mean, the match they had at SummerSlam sucked, but yeah. And Jericho paid tribute to him too on uh, last week. Yeah. Well, he was a general. He was a universally liked guy. Exactly. He was one of those interesting characters, interesting people. Overall, he was a nice person. Yeah. He's a nice human being. Exactly. I mean, and the, the funny thing is, is that, like, you know, now with his, uh, like, I could see, like, a lot of people now, I mean, it's been a week, so it might have calmed down a little bit. But, like, I could see a lot of people getting, like, the Fiend Pop Doll or the Bray Wyatt Pop Doll or, like, any of the Fiend or uh, Bray Wyatt figures and trying to sell them for, like, 50 or 60 or 75 bucks. I see that's not a bad idea. I might, I might look on 
Amazon bastard. Or maybe we'll find one tomorrow. I I have no doubt that they're gonna have that you know we'll find a, a shit ton of stuff. There might be some because I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of wrestling vendors there. I hope so. I, I'm really I am looking forward to this tomorrow. Yeah. Uh. And like it's funny because like you know when when a wrestler passes away. You know, that's when, like... Even uh, a sports athlete, too. You can say that. Too. Huh? What? A wrestler, sports athlete, musician, everything. Yeah. I think I know where you're going with this. But, like, when they pass away, and it's just like, you know, you have all this, you know, memorabilia, or, like, you have, like, a signed T-shirt or whatever. Uh, Like, especially if you have stuff in there that's, like, signed. It's just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. you know, I can make, you know... I can make bank off this, right? Uh, and Bray is one yep. of those guys, like, I really feel like Bray is one of those guys that, like, would have done, like, you know, when he retired, he would have done, like, a lot of, like, these, you know, conventions and shit. I mean, obviously, you know, it's not going to happen that way now. But, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, it doesn't really matter who it is. Like, I know... Uh, somebody told me when uh, when New Jack passed away, they had a a New Jack figure that they actually had signed, and he sold it for like a hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, and, okay. and New Jack was was popular too, especially in the right, East Coast, especially, especially out in this area. Yep. Uh, but like, and that's. You know, that's the thing is that, like, when people pass, you know, people are always trying to go for, like, that cash grab of, but, you know, it's been a week now, but those fads only usually last, like, a week. Yeah. Yeah, a week, a week, uh, two weeks at most. Yeah. Of. But um, like it, it's but it's also you know funny or you know it's kind of sad though that like you know the popularity kind of goes up you know when the per- I mean and Bray has always been Bray has always been popular you know it's yes but yeah uh, even when he was rumored to come back everybody went to see it right. And there was rumors of him going to AEW too. So, yeah. Uh, but you got anything else on him? We lost another good guy, um, be- better human being. Um, may he rest in peace and condolences to his uh, family and his wife and kids. Yeah. Um, that's all. Well, he's yeah. gonna be missed. It's like. It's just like all the other good, um, good human beings that have died. Yeah, it, it it sucks like when stuff like this happens. I mean, I think WWE did a fantastic job, you know, kind of paying tribute to him and making sure that yeah. like, you know, 
everybody knew how much like he was adored by everybody within that company. Uh, yeah. Which it's very hard to do those kind of like tribute shows because it's just like yeah, fresh in the fly. It was yeah. like four hours. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, and that's the way like a lot of tribute shows happen though. Like you know, when Owen Hart passed away, they had like twenty four hours to plan it because they knew that a lot of their stuff they weren't going to be able to do. So like, all right, we'll pay tribute to Owen. You know, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, like, they did a whole week for him, and it wasn't even a, uh, you know, it was shows that were taped. You know, they taped them on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Benoit thing was just kind of like a memorial of, like, his best matches. Because what they had yeah. planned for the show, they definitely couldn't do. And they were also kind of waiting for information to kind of leak in. Um, Warrior, did he didn't he die like the night after Raw or the day of Raw? Like a day or two after he did Raw, yeah. You know, and, yeah, and they paid, that the yeah. Well, and well, they did the, like a tribute to him like the next week on Raw, but it wasn't like you know this big like you know, thing where they had to stall everything. I mean, they did a 10-bell salute for him, which is customary that you do a 10-bell salute. They had everybody with the armband. They had people, you know, kind of paint their faces a little bit. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, but, like, you know, WWE did a, did a fantastic job. So for a company that a lot of people say did not give a damn about the guy, I think they proved that they kind of did. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, so I that on that stage. Huh? Was Vince um, on, that, on the stage? Um, no, Vince is still Friday? recovering from uh, spinal surgery. Oh. Well, I wasn't sure if uh, I saw him or not. No. But yeah, like so, uh, definitely kudos to WWE for the way the, the way they're handling it, the way they handled it. Uh, you know, a lot of the proceeds from his merchandise is going to JoJo and the kids. Uh, which and, and that's the most important thing is that like you know he's leaving behind yeah. now. Him and JoJo weren't married; they were actually supposed to get married later this year. Uh, oh wow! But he's leaving behind four kids. Wow. And one of them is with JoJo? Two of them are with JoJo. Uh, two of them are two of them are from a previous marriage. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. We lost a lot of good good human beings this year in the wrestling world. Yeah. Um, Dave Lisco, uh Terry Funk, Terry Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, Terry Funk, uh, Sheik, Iron Sheik. Yep. Uh, Butch of the Bushwhackers. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Uh, he, was, he was in the beginning of the summer? No, he was, like, right after WrestleMania. Okay, so him and him, it was around, him and Jay were around the same time. 
No, like, Jay was, like, in the beginning of January. Butch was, like, right after WrestleMania in April. Uh, oh, wow, yeah. I forgot Jay was January. For some reason, I thought he was around your birthday. That was his, no. was his birthday near your, your birthday. That's right. Okay. So, uh, but, yeah, no. So, I mean, it, it unfortunately, like, it happens. But this is one of those things to where – you know, you know, Bray, you know, unfortunately had a health issue. So, rest and in he peace. He had a huge impact on the same day. Exactly. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. Uh, you'll definitely be missed. Uh, make sure to check us out uh, Friday, 6, uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast here on blogtalkradio.com. Slash everything unscripted. Uh, and uh, listen to us uh, tomorrow night, probably around 7 p.m. Eastern time for Unscripted Unlimited. Eric Clinneth and I will be doing a uh, um a preview for the NFL. Uh, Should be fun. Yeah. Daniel and Mindy will not be doing a stab cast on Sunday. I'm sure it will be scheduled for later on in the week. Uh, you can actually catch, uh, if you live in the uh, Bucks County, uh, Pennsylvania area tomorrow or Sunday, uh, go check out ZoloCon 2023 in Warminster. Uh, Eric and I will be there. We're not going to be selling anything. This week, but we uh, but we're going to be there, kind of checking things out. And then next Saturday in uh, um in the Lehigh Valley, uh, Eric and I, along with Daniel and our Aunt Sharon, will be there for the Lehigh Valley Toy Comic and Card Show. Uh, so come check us out there, buy our stuff. Uh, yeah. you know, and. Uh, yeah, that'll be worth about 25 cents. <laughs> but, uh, Eric, you got anything else? No, this is a good show, Doug. I'm glad um, you got to do it. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll do part two, Clinton and Daniel, because I'm sure they want to see some stuff. Yeah. All right, but I actually, I, like, I actually do have to go. I got a text, uh, so I got to get out of here. Yep. Have a good night, uh, Doug. I'll see you tomorrow morning. All right, see you. And drive safely. I will. Yep. Later. Bye.